The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air across Kentucky with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is your chance to get the latest news and views on your caps. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. And you can interact with Tom by tweeting at Leach Report or by emailing leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call the drinksword.com hotline, 877-904-1080. Now, here's Tom Leach. Good morning, Dick Gabriel once again sitting in for the voice of the Wildcats. He, of course, on his way back from New York City where he and Mike Pratt called the action last night. As the Wildcats lost to the Duke Blue Devils, if you stayed up late, you saw a really good basketball game. Yeah, lots to work on for the Wildcats, but a pretty good start, all things considered. Some things uh, not so good we'll talk about as well this morning with Chris Fisher of the Cats Paws and 247 Sports and Kyle Tucker from The Athletic. Coming to you this morning from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. And, of course, basketball leads off our Wildcat news of the day presented by Giuseppe's. Check out their new climate-controlled patio and the drive through window for orders to go. Uh, again, the Champions Classic and when, with regard to Kentucky and Duke has not been terribly kind to the Wildcats, although uh, New York City had been good to Kentucky. Kentucky now is 0-3 versus Duke in all-time matchups in New York. But in the modern-day version of Madison Square Garden, Kentucky has won 14 of 19 games. It has played there, but unfortunately last night the clock ran out 79-71. Jacob Toppin said only when the clock strikes zero, that's when we'll stop fighting. He said that's what this team is all about is a good fight. And boy, did Oscar Shibway fight on the boards last night. One of two Wildcats with a double-double in his debut as a Kentucky player after transferring from West Virginia. Shibway with 17 points, 19 rebounds. And that's the first time a Kentucky player, thanks to Corey Price telling us, uh, had at least 17 and 19 since Dan Issel did it against Xavier back in 1968. Uh, he also added two blocks, did Shibway and an assist and a steal. Dan had 29 and 24 against Xavier. This was the U.K. record for most boards in a U.K. debut, though. The previous inaugural remar- uh, mark was 17 by Roger Newman against VMI in 1960. Cotton Nash uh, versus Miami of Ohio in 61. Sam Bowie had 17 rebounds versus Duke. On November 17, 1979, I actually broadcast that game. That's right. Kaywood Ledford and Ralph Hacker were in Florida covering Kentucky football. It was the initial Springfield Hall of Fame. I was in Springfield, Massachusetts, at the Hall of Fame tip-off event. It was a rematch of the Kentucky-Duke game from the 78 championship the year prior and uh, Sam Bowie and Dirk Minifield, they didn't hit their free throws, and they lost that game. But Bowie was 17 boards. And believe it or not, my color analyst in that game, Jock Sutherland, who went on to a career uh, on the U of L network uh, so he could needle Kentucky fans. So anyhow, uh, what a huge night for Shebway, 17 and 19. Severe Wheeler also with a double-double for the Wildcats. Ninth of his career, of course, he started off at Georgia. He had 16 points, 10 assists, tied for the second-most assists in a U.K. debut. The record, 12 by De'Aaron Fox against Stephen F. Austin back in 2016. He tied Kyle Macy for second. Kyle had 10, 
versus SMU on November 26, 1977. Of course, that was the championship season. So, Wildcats fall. Uh, the U.K. women do win, but they fell behind by 12 early. In fact, Presbyterian was leading 25-15 to 15 after the first 10 minutes. Kentucky grinds its way back in the second quarter and, in fact, takes the lead at the buzzer. Ryan Howard threw one in from just a couple of steps past midcourt for a three-pointer that gave the Wildcats their first lead. They came out in the third quarter, scored 19 straight, so counting Howard's three-pointer, 22 straight. They took command of the game, and they ended up winning it uh, by a total of 81-53. And as always, Ryan Howard was terrific. 15 points, four rebounds, seven assists, four steals, and a block, and a game-high 34 minutes. She stuffs the stat sheet every time she plays. So uh, the men win, uh, men lose, the women win, and we're off when it comes to college basketball. When we come back, Chris Fisher joins us here on the Leach Report, coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Find out more about the Voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Dick Gabriel sitting in for the voice of the Wildcats. He's on his way back, of course, from New York City. Welcome back to the Leafs Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Joined now by Chris Fisher of the 247 Network and the Cats Paws. And Chris, for my money, last night had the best tweet of the night. He said, we've been robbed of an Oscar Sheepway Big O Tires NIL deal. Chris, good morning. <laughs> that was very clever. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm... It is. It, it, it's really sad that we're never going to get to uh, yeah. get to see that. I, I have a feeling that after last night, Big O Tires would be more than willing to invest in uh, in Oscar Sheepway as a as a marketer for them. By the time he's doing endorsements, he will be playing uh, in some NBA city, so some other uh, something with a Big O, and it will take advantage of that. So uh, let's talk a little basketball. Uh, from what I gathered, following you on Twitter last night, you agreed with. A lot of people, uh, but most importantly me, that Kentucky was settling for some shots. Uh, the defense wasn't what it needed to be. It was okay, just just okay. Uh, and I felt like Kentucky settling on shots was a function of Duke's defense. And, man, Paolo, you can see why John Calipari wanted Paolo Bancaro. After the game, he said he recruited four or five Dukies, but that was the guy he really wanted. Yeah, if you're John Calipari, it's got to be a little bit demoralizing for Duke to steal your recruits and then turn around and beat you with them. And, I mean, that's exactly what happened last night. Paulo Bencaro and, and Trevor Keels uh, were the two best players uh, on the floor last night. And, um, and like you mentioned, I think the shot selection really was the, the tail of the tape. I mean, all night long, Duke was just attacking, 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 and, and getting much better shots than Kentucky was. Kentucky was, you know, settling for contested mid-range jumpers, yeah. and Duke was getting all the way to the rim and either, you know, making layups or, or creating easy shots for for teammates. And I thought that, uh, you know, that that bore out in the the shooting percentages last night but there were some good things to take away from last night i thought this team kept battling back uh after the you know the 
first half and second half deficits and, you know, climbing back in the game each time. I think that was encouraging, uh, to see. And, you know, if you, if you get, you know, maybe even an average game from Ty Ty Washington, uh, who goes two for 13, uh, then, you know, maybe it's a different story. Yeah. And there, there were just so many, it seemed like moments where they were right on the verge of grabbing onto this game. And then Duke would do something impressive, you know, and, uh, and Kentucky would turn it over. Not a lot of turnovers, but as Calipari said after the game, 13 turnovers, but at times it felt like 40, didn't it? Yeah, um, you're right. I, I thought for whatever reason they just couldn't quite get over the hump. They would battle back, and then Duke would go on a, on a mini run to gain a little bit more separation. You mentioned the turnover, seven by Xavier Wheeler yeah. uh, versus the, the 10 assists. And you know that was one of the knocks coming on him coming from from Georgia. He just he, he turns the ball over a little bit too much. John Calipari said last night that he thought he maybe played him uh, you know too many minutes last night and he wore down. But Duke was playing him for the pass. He would get to the rim and you know they would dare him yeah. at you know five seven five eight whatever he is to finish over the tall trees around the rim and you know played him for the pass and you know created some turnovers. Um, you know, that way. But all in all, I thought it was a pretty solid debut for, for Xavier. Where I played 38 of, of the 40 minutes and, like I said, probably just wore down towards uh, towards the end of the game. Yeah, and speaking of point guards, uh, one of the things that I wrote about was the fact that the guy who we thought might be sitting on that big splash game a la Tyrese Maxey, of course, was Ty Ty Washington. And we got anything but out of him, didn't we? I mean, those of us who cover the team were, were sitting, you know, think, thought he was sitting on a big game. I know fans uh, were expecting the same. What did you think? Did, did you feel like it was Duke's defense? Was he pressing? Probably a combination of both. Yeah, you know, last night notwithstanding, I do think Ty Ty Washington is going to be this team's best player and probably going to be the next you know, star freshman under John Calipari. That said, I think he tried to do a little bit too much last night, was really forcing the issue. And, you know, to his credit, I think he wanted that moment. I think he wanted to be, you know, that guy. He wanted to play the role of Tyrese Maxey in in Madison Square Garden and hit the big shots and, you know, win the game for Kentucky. And it just didn't work out that way. I mean, you look at the two exhibitions, 13 to 22 from the field, hit all six of his three-pointers last night three for for 14 from the floor and missed both of uh of his three-point tries but was just trying to do too much at times taking ill-advised shots looking like a freshman you know in his first game versus duke at madison square garden and you know john calipari took some of the uh the the blame for that last night saying he was going you know he was telling him last night you need to go out and make plays. He tried to do that, and the shots just weren't falling. I do credit uh, Trevor Keels as a really, really physical uh, guard gets into your body for for some of those struggles last night. But mm-hmm. Tata Washington is going to be fine again. I think he probably leads this team in scoring at the end of the season, and overall, you know, probably their best player probably plays his way into uh, into the draft lottery. But just didn't uh, have it going last night. Yeah, three out of 14, and as Calipari said, he told him after the game, you don't have to make them all, just don't miss them all. And <laughs> kind of felt that way, but, you know, he did have he three tried. assists. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like you, I think, uh, as Calipari said, he'll be fine. Uh, who else? Did anybody else stand out? Obviously, Kellen Grady, but you got to credit Duke, man. They sated their defense to him in the second half. 
Yeah, I was a little disappointed after that, that first half that Kellen Grady had that he didn't get more field goal attempts in the second half. I think he only took three shots in the second half, and that was all and, you know, probably with 10 minutes or less uh, remaining in the game. But, you know, it, it, after last season, it's such a luxury having shot makers on the perimeter, oh, and that's man. exactly what you have in Kellen Grady. Just a, a picturesque shooting form, gets great elevation, knocked down uh, three triples in the first half, and uh, can really loosen uh, the defense up a lot. And, you know, Kentucky's not – they're far from a finished product. The the defense under John Calipari always lags behind and improves as the season goes along. We saw, you know, Kentucky gave up 118 points to Duke in the Champions Class a couple, a couple years ago. And that team went on to become, you know, a very solid defensive team. And so there's a lot that's going to change between now and uh, in the end of the season, I think one of the biggest question marks I have is in the front court. What kind of production are you going to get from anyone not named Oscar Shibway? He had 17 points and 19 rebounds last night. Keon Brooks was a little bit up and down. Same with uh, Jacob Toppin. Uh, Damian Collins, you know, gets a couple minutes early on, and we don't see him for the rest of the game. Yeah. How does he adjust to the physicality of uh, the college game? And then same with Bryce Hopkins. I think he played two and a half minutes last night, didn't really do much. Lance Ware was battling, um, but, you know, when you're going against Paulo Pencaro, it's it can be difficult. So what does Kentucky get from uh, those guys uh, behind Oscar Sheway in terms of, of minutes and production? I think that's going to be a big question mark uh, going forward. Talking with Chris Fisher of 247 Sports and the Cats Boss, and when we come back, we'll talk about the Wildcats. Latest recruit, more on UK Duke, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is the Leach Report. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Dick Abel in for the voice of the Wildcats coming to you from the Clark's Pumpkin Shop studio. We're chatting with Chris Fisher of 247 Sports and the Cats Paws. And, uh, Chris, just to finish up on the U.K. Duke game before we get back, uh, before we get to uh, Kentucky's latest recruit. Uh, people are already complaining, of course, about who played how much and that kind of thing. Calipari always comes back to we're trying to win the game. He's the guy who sees them in practice. And, you know, Dante Allen... Uh, I, I think if he comes in, I think Duke immediately does to him what they do to Grady, you know, which was take that three-point shot away from him. And at the time, I felt like in, what Kentucky needed, uh, and you alluded to this, was defense. So, as we all know, defense is going to keep you on the floor if you're well if you're playing for any good team, particularly Kentucky. One game in, huh? Yep. <laughs> We're already getting the Dante in. Allen question. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, with the construction of this roster with Ty Ty Washington, Kellen Grady, Davion Mintz, uh, you know, CJ Frederick, when he comes back, you don't need the, the need for shooters on the floor isn't as great, um, as it was last season. And so that hurts Dante Allen if he cannot contribute in other ways in terms of, you know, distributing the basketball and, you know, playing defense. And that's where I think those other guys, uh, 
in particular, Kellen Grady are ahead of him at this stage. Uh, it was a one-off, you know, last night may not be indicative of, of what the rotation looks like going forward. I think we'll learn a lot more about, you know, this Kentucky team over, you know, the next month. I think it'll be a while before they play another competitive game, but, um, you know, that remains, uh, to be seen. But again, I think the key for Dante Allen is and always has been what can you do and what can you contribute, you know, when you're not making and, and taking perimeter shots. Right. Well, I got about 90 seconds left, but Shaden Sharp makes his announcement yesterday morning. And now the, the mystery is, and his, his people say, no, he will not just use one semester as a stepping stone to the NBA. The rules are a little uh, ambiguous as well, but what's your take on his announcement? Yeah, you know, I think uh, it was it's a win for all parties involved. I think this was this has been rumored uh, to be happening for for some time now, and it makes all the sense in the world. He graduates early, uh, he practices and, and works out with the team. He gets into a college strength and conditioning program and uh, faces much better competition on a daily basis than he would in high school. Um, you know, there's if Kentucky can find a, a loophole, maybe he can cash in on some NIL deals. Uh, as well and then you know maybe there's a chance if Kentucky needs him he suits up in the second half of the season or you know comes back to Kentucky but you know Jonathan Gavoni of of Draft Express was pretty clear last night in saying you know based on what he understands that Shaden Sharp isn't going to be eligible for the 2022 draft so that gives him a head start on uh, you know next season and that's you know that's that's no small potatoes for, you know, a guy who's considered the number one overall prospect in the country and, you know, could get acclimated to Kentucky system and understand what John Calipari wants on a daily basis at both ends of the floor and then really hit the ground running for uh, for next year. So, like I said, it's it's definitely a win for, for all parties involved. Yeah, and this comes on the heels of the Case and Wallace uh, announcement. So, getting as good right now. Yeah, I think Casey Wallace, uh, you know, embodies so much of what John Calipari looks for in a recruit, just the competitive spirit at, at both ends of the floor and a true combo guard who's effective on or off the ball and a, a really, really big addition for Kentucky going into uh, the early signing period, which starts today and, and runs through next week. Chris, thank you so much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure chatting with you, and it's been a particularly newsy time. I know you're on top of things. Have a great day, man. All right, you bet. Thanks. That is Chris Fisher of 247 Sports. And when we come back, Kyle Tucker of The Athletic will join us to talk about the Wildcats. And if we can squeeze it in, maybe a comment about those Tennessee Titans he follows. What a big win they're coming off of right now. Dick Aberlin for the voice of the Wildcats on the Leach Report served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Leach Report. Dick Gabriel in for the voice of the Wildcats. Brought to you, of course, by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Joined now by Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Good morning, sir. Uh, early morning for those of us who stayed up late. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> a, little, a little tired, uh, but I'm sure you are as well. Uh, what were your initial thoughts after watching Kentucky last night? Of course, a lot of new faces, some good shooters, but didn't really show up last night, did it? 
Well, I guess we lost Kyle for the moment. So we will we will come back with, with uh, Mr. Tucker here in just a moment. Uh, by the way, Jacob Toppin spoke to the media after the game. He was the first sub in the game, and that had to be very cool for him. And he talked about playing for uh, the Wildcats in the same building where his brother plays professionally and didn't play a ton of minutes, but I thought acquitted himself pretty well. Struggled a bit defensively against Mancaro, but who doesn't? But in 23 minutes, he had six rebounds, so prorate that. Not too bad. Only had four points, but uh, six boards, and uh, again, represented himself well and the team well in the postgame news conference. Kyle Tucker is back. I think we've got him locked in. You there with us? I'm here. All right. Good to have you back. Uh, we missed you in those few seconds. Uh, what were your thoughts uh, as you watch this new Kentucky team with lots of fade, new faces, but struggled to make shots if if your name wasn't Oscar Shibway. I think he's uh, having trouble with us once again. So we shall keep trying until we have him. We know the magic works because we just talked to Chris Fisher. So uh, we will keep feeding you information about the Wildcats and their win, and their loss, I'm sorry, and the, uh, the women's win as well. But um, the uh, starting lineup, as you know, was Severe Wheeler, Ty Ty Washington, Kellen Grady, Keon Brooks, and Oscar Shibway. So as promised, John Cal- well, not necessarily promised, but Calipari uh, alluded to and sometimes directly referred to the fact that he might play three guards. With uh, two front line, that's exactly what he did. So and it worked to a point. But as I said, when uh, when Duke began to really shade Kellen Grady, that took away the deep threat that was working at the time for the Wildcats. And in fact, those three pointers he hit in the first half, that was it for points for Kellen Grady uh, in his 30 minutes. But I think he brought a calming effect to the team. I was surprised we didn't see Collins. Back out there on the floor a little bit more, but he seemed a little bit overwhelmed, a little bit lost. Uh, Davion Mintz got 21 minutes, hit a couple of buckets, but was uh, missed five of his seven shots and the three fouls, so he was a little behind. Uh, Keon Brooks with nine points in 17 minutes and uh, did have three rebounds. I thought we might see more minutes from him, but... Essentially, not that I'm complaining about the rotation. I just thought it was interesting. I'm not at practice, so I don't see what happens there. Uh, a lot of people were grumbling that Hopkins didn't play more minutes. Uh, you know, he got two minutes, and uh, got up one shot, and that was about it. Uh, I thought Ware filled in well for nine minutes total, but he was out there on the court when uh, Sheboy was in foul trouble. Got beat a couple times on defense, but I thought his presence was good, had a, an unbelievable block shot, couple of rebounds, did pick up a couple of fouls, but he played hard, and I thought he was active out there on the floor. But they had no answers for Keels, who uh, played 33 minutes, and 10 of 18, managed to get to the bucket quite a bit, got to the free throw line quite a bit, uh, as did Duke. Duke was uh, 16 of 23. That's one of the things, of course, that helped keep Kentucky in it was Duke was missing free throws. Wildcats were 6 or 7, but Kentucky only getting to the free throw line seven times is kind of telling as well. Uh, but 
Bancaro, 7 of 11, had 7 rebounds and played a total of 31 minutes. So, you know, it, uh, it was a kind of night where the big guy was scoring inside, was scoring outside, and when he moved away from the basket, it created space for his teammates. And that gave Keels the opportunity to get inside and do some real damage. So it was, you know, in a way, it's a good thing for Kentucky. You start the you start the season with a tough team, one that could very well make the Final Four, and yeah, you give up thirty-one of sixty-one shooting. And keep in mind now, Duke was one of thirteen from beyond the arc. So what does that tell you about Kentucky's interior defense? Or just defense around the paint. You know, Duke's able to go 30 of 47 from around the yard, or 40, 48, because the Blue Devils were missing so many from beyond the arc. They didn't really need to throw them in there, uh, throw in the three pointers. Boncaro was 0 for 3, Keels 1 for 4. The only one who made one was Keels. But that tells you Duke was going after finding going after buckets the Blue Devils knew they could make, and they found them. So obviously a lot to work on for the Wildcats. But you know, as Mark Stoops will tell you, the best thing in your possession is video, is tape, whatever they want to call it, film. Coaches like to call it film still. And when you've got it, you talk about teaching moments. Yeah, I know they played. Uh, exhibitions, and they played uh, the blue-white game. But there's nothing like a real game to tell you where you are. The Wildcats know a lot more about themselves now than they did this time yesterday. We'll take a break, come back, and talk, we hope, with Kyle Tucker here on the Leach Report, coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Welcome back to the Leach Report. Dick Gabriel in for the voice. And uh, we, of course, are coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. We have had a hard time connecting with Kyle Tucker, so going to our deep and talented bench, we have reached out to Keith Farmer of the BBN TV network, BBN Tonight, BBN Game Day. And he joins us. How are you, young man? Doing all right. How are you? I know you were up late last night because you worked the late shift, but uh, you're also up early this morning. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, anything surprise you last night about how that game played out? Uh, the only thing to me that surprised me was how we heard we're going to play fast, we're going to play fast, and we saw it in the two exhibition games, and I thought it was a little more methodical. I didn't, I didn't really see them. I mean, there were times where they got out and ran, but it was just transition. You know, typical transition stuff. It wasn't like from the get-go, get a rebound and take yeah. off. Um, so, so that surprised me a little bit. Um, you know, Ty Ty, obviously, a little bit of a surprise the way he played after we saw what he did. But at the same time, man, uh, they kind of talked about it on the broadcast. You know, first game for a freshman to play in Madison Square Garden against, you know, one of the other Blue Bloods. I mean, it might have been a little bit overwhelming. So, um, you know, I, I think um, – those were a couple of things that stood out to me. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, one of the other freshmen on the other team, uh, Bankero, really two of them, did two, play two. well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, but you never know uh, how this will serve him down the road. And as I just said, going into the break, Keith, uh, boy, you talk about teaching moments. Calipari and his staff have a bunch of them now. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing is, I, I know he doesn't like playing these games early in the season, but. I love it because you've already played a couple of, you know, teams in your exhibition games where you're supposed to, to beat them pretty easily. And, and so now you're taking on a team that, you know, is kind of in the same position as you. It's a first game. And so you see who steps up. You see who kind of, you know, uh, it, it shines away from the moment. Uh, and so, you know, now, yeah, you're right. Now you can go back and you can learn a little bit. And now you take on a couple of opponents that, again, you should beat. And, and um, you take your teaching moments that you learned in this first game and use them in those games. So yeah. I love the fact that we get some really marquee matchups to open the season like this. It is great, isn't it? And what a great way to kick off or tip off uh, the college basketball season. A couple of good games, Michigan State and Kansas. And you could see, I'm not sure yet about Michigan State, but you could see at least three of these teams making a serious run for the Final Four. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, I thought Michigan State held with them there for a while, and then it was just like Kansas turned it up a notch, probably got used to, uh, you know, being in the in the moment, being in Madison Square Garden, um, you know, kind of learned what Michigan State was doing. So uh, I, I thought, you know, Izzo's team, I think, what, was one spot out of the top 25, so I think there's a chance to see them really kind of get it together this season. So, um, you know, we could see see four teams that are make make deep runs uh, in the NCAA tournament. I know you were impressed with uh, Oscar Shibway, and we love Oscar Combs. We call him the Big O, but man, he may lose that title <laughs> very quickly. I mean, it was impressive. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I know we we knew he rebounded. We knew he loved to rebound. He wanted to take it away from his own team. But, man, I mean, especially to do it like he did on the offensive end, that was what was real impressive. And, you know, I know he got in foul trouble in the first half, but then I think he kind of adjusted and, and figured it out. And um, it was just fun to see him go up and really kind of know how to, fill, you know, turn his body and, and adjust so that he wasn't going over somebody's back or knocking them out of the way. It's just really impressive to see, I mean, that was a great double double performance. Man, I'm, I'm watching that. I'm like, he's doing this against Duke. What's he going to do against some of the the, the have nots on uh, the schedule? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, he's probably not going to play enough minutes. No, I yeah, don't know. maybe I don't not. Yeah. I mean, no, that's that's true. I mean, if he's doing that against the you know a team like Duke and some of those guys, I mean, John was a big guy. He's a really fit guy that he had to get around, and some of those guys could leap out of the gym, you know, like a Ben Caro. So. Uh, you're right. I mean, now when he gets uh, against some guys that are, uh, you know, uh, maybe not as tall, I mean, uh, yeah, how many is he going to actually put up? It, it, was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, watching Severe Wheeler, there were times when I thought, man, this guy's trying to do too much. And then I thought, well, I guess this is his game. You know, and you take the bitter with the better, and he did have seven turns, and, and Calipari said that was his fault for playing him 38 minutes, and it might have been, but yeah. 10 assists. And hit some shots. He's got to hit better than six out of fifteen. But what were what were your impressions of him? I, I mean, you know, he hit. I think I want to say he hit his first two three pointers that he took, which yeah. you know might have been another little shocker to me to see him hit it that well. 
uh, early, and, and then I, I liked his speed. Um, but yeah, occasionally that one little wild, um, you know, back and forth that they had where there were so many turnovers and everything, I think it started with him kind of, uh, turning the ball over. So, yeah, and, and falling to the ground. I mean, you know, so, so I think, yeah, maybe he can get a little too fast at times, but I love the way he penetrates and early on was, you know, finding, you know, Oscar or kicking it out to, um, I think he hit Kellen early on yeah. for a three. I mean, so, so yeah, I do love his game, and, and maybe it'll slow down for him a little bit now uh, with some of these teams they're getting ready to play before they get back into the, the, the bigger teams. He is a different kind of player than John Wall. There's no question about that. Oh, yeah. And I said that because I'm bringing up John Wall, and I don't want people to, to think I'm saying he's as good as or like or whatever, but <laughs> I do remember, you probably do as well, that John Wall's teammates had to adjust to him and not just vice versa. When you're playing, uh, evidently, I've not yet played college basketball with a point guard like this, looking forward to it, but when you're playing with a guy like this, uh, it's a different dynamic. You know, you've got to be ready in a different way, and I think his teammates are getting there with Severian. Once they're totally there, it's going to be really interesting to see what these you know, really good athletes can do with a point guard like that. Yeah, I mean, look, they practiced for a long time together. They've, you know, gone through a couple of exhibitions in the game. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, this team is going to find its role. It's going to find exactly where, uh, they're going to be on certain plays or where guys like to catch the ball, um, you know, and things like that. And, and yeah, they'd better be prepared because Savir will, will find them. And, yeah. uh, you know, maybe when you least expect it coming your way. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm encouraged by the play that I saw from him. You know, I think it, it will um, be beneficial down the road. Talking with Keith Farmer of the BBN TV Network, let me shift you over to football with Kentucky Vandy coming up. And Vandy is always an important game. Every game is important, obviously. Uh, but this is one you got to win. Uh, and, and Kentucky fans came in. People who listen to me probably get tired of hearing me say this. But Kentucky fans always circle Vandy on the on the schedule. And, and Mark Stoops talked about this. Monday and Vandy fans circle Kentucky as a definite win even though Vandy we all know has had struggles just like Kentucky but more Vandy than UK uh, and yet this series I think is only separated by like five victories it's so even uh, and there it couldn't be a, it could be a better time for a win this week for these Wildcats yeah you know and, and it seems like no matter who supposedly better worse whatever it just seems like for some reason it, it, it tends to be a pretty decent game and yeah uh, you know but mark stoops really has kind of taken care of the series since he's been here i think he lost the first two road games um that, yeah. that they played uh at vanderbilt and since then he's, he's kind of taken care of business and as he should and as they should now that being said none of those games matter now right nope. so That's right this is the one that you have to take care of and they desperately need it. I think I was, it was interesting to me on Monday when he brought up uh, morale before any of us even brought it up, you know, that, that team morale is good. So don't worry. We're, we're fine. I've talked to some of the leaders yeah. and they want to finish this season strong. And, and, and so I thought that was kind of interesting that he brought it up, which means it was a concern to him. And, and so this would be one of those that for that sake, I think you have to have the win because then you still have two more games and a bowl game to finish. So that's why this one's so important. Yeah, this has been a season literally 
like no other, at least in modern U.K. football history, six straight wins and now mm-hmm. three straight losses. We've seen the losing streak, but we hadn't sure. seen a season that started 6-0. and So, yeah, everybody's dealing with things differently, and, of course, this is Stoops' first and only job as a head coach. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm like you. I thought that was important that he brought that up. But fortunately, he's got guys like Josh Pascoe and DeAndre Square and, and people like that that he can go to and say, you know, are we good? And if not, how can we get there? Uh, it was uh, quite a shocker when he announced that they had lost another lineman, this one from the O-line. Yeah, Eli Cox. Um, and, you know, from all things we've seen, he finished the game the other night. Yeah. So makes you wonder kind of what happened and, and everything. But he also said he it looks like he'll, he'll miss the season, which, you know, again, it's just three games. So that's good news as far as that goes. You know, with, you know, sounds like he would be back for spring. All, everything's good or might even make the bowl game. Who knows? Yeah. But, but yeah, it's kind of disappointing, and it puts them at a, a real bind now because, you, you know, have something happen in another game, you don't have that many guys to turn to the, the bench and say go in. Okay, man, thanks for stepping in this morning. We do appreciate it. We always enjoy chatting with you. And watch for Keith Farmer on BBN tonight and BBN Game game Day on Saturdays. Thanks, K-Man. All right. Take care, Dick. Have a good one. That is Keith Farmer, and we're back to wrap things up here on the Leach Report served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Thanks again to our guest today, Chris Fisher from 247 Sports and the Cats Paws, and Keith Farmer for pinch hitting for Kyle Tucker. We finally connected with Kyle. He is in a New York City hotel, and DeShannon and I were talking about this during the break. Who would have thought that you'd have trouble this day and age, especially in New York, with cell phone reception, but he did. He did manage to call us from the lobby, but we said we've got a great uh, pinch hitter and Keith Farmer, and thank you. We'll talk again next week. So uh, we hope you enjoyed hearing from the K-Man. Wildcats again in action. Robert Morris on Friday. The women play Thursday at home against North Alabama. You can listen on most of these same stations. For Shannon, the dude, Dick Gabriel, have a great day. That'll do it so long from the Leach Report.